everyone, this is Sarah with Corn Fed Witch, and are you ready for another 30 minutes of witchcraft? Well, 30 or so. Anyway, so I am back again this week, and I have something exciting to tell you. One, I got my very first patron on Patreon, so now I have a monthly income. It's not much, it's $2.50. But it's amazing that I have someone willing to support me in this endeavor. Also, I have a new laptop. It was given to me by my awesome and amazing girlfriend for my birthday. Hashtag Scorpio. But I got this great laptop and it allows me to use Audacity to record. And I can use my microphone even more often because my tablet kind of crapped out on me and is unreliable at the moment. But this is this is pretty great. Which means I can make this a better podcast and it will be a better listening experience for you. And I'm going to apologize in advance because Emma, one of my cats, is really fascinated with what I'm doing right now. She's hopping up in my lap. She's getting all excited, and it's not usually like her. She usually will bite and scratch. But hello, Emma. You want to say hello? She's really quiet. She's not a really loud cat. So if you hear her hopping around the keys, it's just my assistant for today. Ain't that right? So anyway. So... I have decided that I am going to give you the foundation to cast a circle of your own. This is pretty, this is a pretty fundamental aspect of witchcraft if you're going to use a circle. You of course can do magic without, you don't necessarily need it, but in some instances it's best to to have that extra layer of protection. I did touch on it last episode. But I thought I'd go into a little bit more in depth as to why we do it. Maybe give you some some ideas on how to cast it. Because there's not just one way. And of course, various traditions have their own own way of doing it. Emma, you can just like be on my lap. It's fine. So anyway, so let's let's begin. I of course, since I'm really in love with this book. Creating Circles and Ceremonies by the Ravenhearts. I'm going to be relying mainly on that. Because it's just it's just great. They have everything. And I got this at my local New Age store. It happens to be called Next Millennium. If you're in the Omaha area and you practice any sort of magical craft or you like candles or whatever, you probably have heard of Next Millennium. They're off the corner of 93rd and Bedford-ish. There's also like Planned Parenthood there and a Burger King. And it, there's a Walmart down the road. It's a, great, it's a great place to get your stuff. So let's begin. So the circle. It's, you've probably have heard of this. You probably have seen it done in many, many TV shows, movies, what have you. But the circle is the sacred space. 
it is where you can do your magical workings without interruptions and it's pretty great so the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that your area is large enough for you to do what you need to do circles can vary in size it really it really depends on what you're doing so because you don't want to be going back and forth you don't want to have to keep cutting yourself out of the circle it's once you're in there you want to remain in there because a little bit of the energy leaves every time you leave it so what we're going to do you we're going to start with the selecting a space so your space will be large enough for you to practice it will allow you to move freely I liked when I was in my apartment I used to do it in my living room because that was my biggest area and I had I was more I had more room I'm in this house now where I don't have as much room but I still have a space where I can do circles so once you have selected a good space and now remember this can be indoors this can be outdoors it can be wherever you want and M sorry Emma oh, she didn't like that so and now she's coming back on my lap she's very temperamental so I love circles that are outdoors, but I also love circles that are indoors. There are advantages and disadvantages to both. An indoor circle provides you privacy if you want to do anything maybe without wearing clothes or you're just afraid that people are going to look at you weird. I, I really have stopped you really giving a fuck, excuse my language, if people see me practicing outside. I kind of do my own thing. I, but I've also been doing this for a little bit, and I'm more comfortable with people knowing that I'm a witch. I don't think I'll ever be back in the broom closet again. Kind of like the real closet. I like being out and proud in all aspects of my life. So I like to go outside and feel the energies of the nature. Some, some groups are lucky enough to have circles of trees, which provide both the privacy and the outdoor energy that you would want it's pretty great if you ever ever get the chance to go to the Kansas City area or really it's more around Leavenworth Kansas there's this place called Gaia it's it's a great place and they have very natural naturally occurring circles there let me go ahead and get a drink of my LaCroix. So, once you have selected a space that's right for you, you want to maybe make note of the directions. Now, this is more for, like, the calling the quarters part of working a ritual, which I'll get to in a later episode. So, but make note of where the directions are, because the directions will have different energies that come into play once you cast, once you call the quarters. Now, so, you want to make sure that your area is clean. 
and purified. And as with anything, there are many, many methods that you can do to cleanse and purify your circle. A lot of people use salt, which that's, that's good. That is great. It is, um, you might want to be a little bit more careful if you're doing it outside, if you want plants to keep growing. But if you don't, that's fine. Because salt is, salt is not good for plants. Um, so, you can use salt. You want to go, you want to go in a clockwise direction. Anything that you do in a circle, at least with my tradition or my way of doing things, you want to do in in a circle. Well, depending on tradition, you want to. Uh, let me back up. Depending on tradition, you want to go in the counter in the clockwise, not counterclockwise, clockwise, because that is a really good way to raise energy. So, you want to go in that clockwise direction with the salt, the purify. You may even have a broom and you can sweep the circle. Just make sure it's clean. You, if you think about it, if you're inviting the gods into your circle, or if you're inviting someone into your house, you want your house clean. It's same with the gods. The gods are guests in your circle. So, once you have it cleaned and purified, maybe with salt or sweeping, you can go over with holy water if you have it. Incense is great. I personally do that. I want to. I like the. I like to cross my T's and dot my I's. Whatever is going to give me that extra protection to keep unwanted things out, I am going to do. So. I I used incense in a circle going clockwise and I also used I use holy water that way I get the, the elements of air and water and sometimes I'll use salt so I have earth and I usually now when I have it I use my athame or you can use a wand that's good at directing energy and Marking the outer barriers of the circle. So, once you have that circle cast, you will have all this extra protection. Now, you may be wondering which direction you start with. Now, once again, that's going to be at my Calling the Quarters episode. But each direction has its own energies. And depending on what you're doing... That's what you're going to start with. So the circle is your own little protective environment. It's kind of in between the worlds. Time doesn't exist. I don't allow any sort of watches or clocks when I do ritual. I love... I, I like to keep it as much of a liminal space as possible. So I am bringing up... I'm bringing out my book, Creating Circles and Ceremonies, because I saw some great... I wanted to read a little bit on there, and this is just a really good, great resource, especially for someone who's beginning. So, 
once you've cleaned it um, and drawn out the circle, you should be pretty much good to go. But I am going to read this little essay um, by Oberon and Crow Dragon Tree. It's in that in my book. It's called Casting the Circle, and they do a really good job of explaining what the circle is. So I'm just going to read this to you. The magic circle defines the space between the mundane and magical worlds. A boundary is created be around this space by casting the circle. In the northern hemisphere, this is most commonly done by one person, usually the priestess walking, is it diesel? Clockwise. Around the edge of the circle, usually starting in the east, or north, or west, or south. Whatever you want to do, really. And while chanting a circle casting charm or rune, in the southern hemisphere, it's usually cost Wittershins, which is counterclockwise, but can be still started off whenever in whatever direction. A lot of people use East, which is the realm of new beginnings, birth, and the rising sun. And some traditions prefer to start in the north, and others begin in the direction corresponding to the season, especially for Sabbaths. The eight solar festivals com comprising the Wheel of the Year. Any starting point is okay as long as everyone understands and accepts the rationale for it. While everyone else in the circle takes hands, the person doing the circle casting holds a wand, staff, athame, sword, or crystal. I'll henceforth use wand to refer to any casting tool and, use it to, and uses it to draw a surrounding ring of astral light, which everyone should visualize together as ultraviolet flames or lightning. This ring will contain the energies raised in the circle until it is time for them to be released. When the cone of power, which I'll touch in a different episode, is raised and released in the working, everyone should visualize the circle as rising into the form of a clear crystal cone around and over the whole group. Each time we cast the circle anew, our gestures resonate through higher layers of conditioned response, reinforcing a morphic field to awaken the higher self. To cast a magic circle, touch or touch, I'm sorry, touch or turn the wand toward the ground at the starting point. Direct a beam of electric blue liquid light from the wand to the ground, and then raise it to the shoulder level and point it straight out. Circumscribe a cycle, or circle in the air around the celebrants in the ritual area. Raise the wand to where it is pointing above the altar, then circle it towards then circle it toward the ground, drawing a sphere of power with one hemisphere above the ground and one hemisphere below. When you have come full circle and returned to the place you began, once again touch the ground with the tip of the wand, thus grounding the circle. The circle itself, as cast, may be imagined initially as perimeter of a sphere, but when it is set in motion with the working, it becomes the base of a double cone, one point reaching up and the other down. In a small space or wind for some reason, it is impractical to walk around the outside of the circle. The traditional thing to do is just stand in the center, hold out your wand, and simply rotate. Visualizing the energy flowing from you out through your wand and shaping itself into a circle. While casting the circle, chant something like this and see many more elaborate examples on the following pages, which I'm going to give you a couple of examples of how to cast a circle in case you are having trouble coming up with one your own. I cast a circle round and round, shadow of moon upon the ground. I cast a circle round about, a world within, a world without, by morning glory.
You may also wish to further mark the boundary of the circle with the elements by sprinkling salt and water around the perimeter and carrying the candle and incense around as well. Motions in the circle are always conducted sunwise except during Walpurgis Nacht, which is May Eve, Samhain, and Dark Moons when the gates between the mortal world and the world of fairies stand open. During these times, the motions are reversed or widershins. In the northern hemisphere, sunwise is from left to right or clockwise in a circle. But in Australia, South America, and South Africa, as I mentioned before, sunwise is the opposite direction from the north, and so all these motions are reversed. Even the seasons are opposite from those in the north, as is the planet's Coriolis force, which is, it's telling me to Google this. I may Google that, because I don't know what that is. Once the circle is cast, it must not be entered or exited without cutting a gate. This is done with a wand, starting on the ground and drawing a line up, over the top and down the other side to make a doorway you can then walk through. Or you may draw a line straight up from the ground to above your head and just zip it open and step through. Like the double sliding doors on the Starship Enterprise, don't forget to close your door behind you so you will let things in and you don't want to do that. So that's what they had to say. And I'm going to bring up just some some ways you can cast a circle. So this this book is great, which has different different circle castings. So all purpose this one is labeled all purpose circle casting, so as it is if you have just something general you want to do and nothing specific, you can use this. Magic, magic everywhere, in the earth and in the air. Magic seals our circle around, and magic cords we are all are bound. Magic seals our circle around, within its field all love is found. Magic seals our circle around, and takes us neath the brow of our mound. Three times around the circle sealed, what has been riven can now be healed. Here within the secret place, we gather and form a sacred place. Space. Between the world you wish to go, ancient wisdom seek to know. Full, or waxing or waning as appropriate, moon shines through silvered tree and casts a light of mystery. To seek the quest for which we came, our wills are tempered in the flame. In cavern deep and hidden wells, tis there our holy lady dwells. To barrel mound and standing stone, each one comes all alone. She bids us enter as we must in perfect love and perfect trust. From where we started, the circle is sealed. What is within now stands revealed. The circle is cast. We are between the worlds. So that's one of them. So I, I like this one that I'm going to read. I cast a circle of ancient lore, waves upon a timeless shore. It has no beginning or an end. It knows neither foe nor friend. Ouroboros of legends old, rings of power forged in gold. Wheel of life's circle of stones, psycho creation, birth to bones. A ring around the silver moon, I cast you now, O oh ancient rune. So those are a couple of ones you can use when you begin to cast your circle. Now, so, you mentioned perfect, well, I mentioned 
perfect love and perfect trust. What that is, you don't want to be casting circles to people you don't trust. Pagans have always been discriminated against since the rise of Christianity. So you don't want to invite someone into your circle that will out you, will do you harm, will slander you, or someone who just makes you feel generally uneasy. Because you need that trust there. And if there's any sort of anxiety happening in the circle, it's going to be present in the magic. And that's going to make your magic all anxious as well. That's that's a good rule to follow. I would not invite, unless I were doing an outer circle, which is public, where anyone can attend, I would not invite someone that I did not know would be okay with this. That's a good rule to follow. I would, if you take away anything from casting circles, you want to make sure that you're around someone that you trust. And animals... Animals, I personally think that they can just enter and leave. They have a different energy. And, you know, cats do whatever the fuck they want. Emma was on the the sink countertop, where she's not supposed to be. She's being really feisty today. Aren't you, Emma? Oh, you're coming up to join me again? No? Or are you just going to stare at me? Okay, um, so, next time, um, well, next time I kind of wanted to focus on, on grounding, but the next one is our, is my Thanksgiving episode, so it's going to be gratitude, and then I'm, my next circle, my next circle episode is going to be on grounding. I feel that that needs to take up an entire episode because there are so many reasons and there's so much that can't be said. So that comes after casting the circle because you want to you want to make sure that that foundation is there first. So with that, I want to move on. Oh, so now you have the you now know that you can cast a circle and you should be able and confident to to protect yourself when you're doing magical workings. Oh hey, here's my other cat. All the cats are around me now. Well, not all of them. So, moving on to the correspondence of the week. I picked rosemary because I was touching on purification and cleansing. The folk names it, once again, I'm getting this from Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham. So rosemary, it makes your food taste good and it's also very ma- magical. It also goes by compass weed, dew of the sea, elf leaf, guard robe, incensier, Lebanotus, I, think, I don't know how to pronounce it, polar plant and sea dew. I'm just imagining like rosemary on a seadoo right now. That's a very interesting, interesting image. 
Anyway, Rosemary, its planet is the sun, the element of fire. Its powers are protection, love, lust, mental powers, exorcism, purification, healing, sleep, and youth. Its magical uses are Rosemary, when burned, emits powerful cleansing and purifying vibrations, and so is smoldered to rid a place of negativity, especially prior to performing magic. It is one of the oldest incenses. When placed beneath the pillow, rosemary ensures a good sleep and drives away nightmares. Laid under the bed, it protects the sleeper from all harm. Rosemary is also hung on the porch and doorpost to keep thieves from the house and is carried to remain healthy. Placed in the bath, it purifies. A chaplet of rosemary, worn, aids the memory while the wood smelled often preserves usefulness. To ensure the latter, add a rosemary infusion to the bath water. Rosemary has long been used in love and lust incenses and other mixtures, and healing poppets are stuffed with rosemary that take advantage of its curative vibrations. Rosemary infusion is used to wash the hands before healing work, and the leaves mixed with juniper berries are burned in sick rooms to promote healing. If you wish to receive knowledge or the answer to a question, Burn rosemary on charcoal and smell its smoke. Rosemary is also grown to attract elves, and the powder leaves wrapped in linen, cloth, and bound to the right arm dispel depression and make the emotions light and merry. Rosemary is generally used as a substitute for frankincense. You can also use it in the place of sage if you have, if you're opposed to using sage and preserving white sage. It smoke is pretty cleansing. There are many, many alternatives to sage. So, that was the correspondence of the week. So now I'm moving on to my social media. Send me your witchy stories at cornfedwitch at gmail.com or really anything witchy. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at cornfedwitch. And also, special thank you to Disbanded Crow, the game studio that came out with Obscure Doubt, which is pretty fun. It's it's an RPG maker game. It's great. But they were my very first patron on Patreon, which is Cornfedwitch. Patreon.com slash Cornfedwitch. I am doing tarot readings, monthly tarot readings for my subscribers. So go ahead and check that out. I hope you all have a wonderful and blessed week. And until next Monday, I hope you have a wonderful week, which I just said. Anyway, this is Sarah and Corn Fed Witch. Blessed be.